It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It's Monday, which means we're recording Mock Draft Monday. We've done a mock, I've done a mock of my own that we're going to talk about. Then we're going to do a mock on air. We're going to look at the Draft Network. They celebrate Mock Draft Monday as well. We've got a couple to look at from them. And we'll debate the merits of what positions start to make a little bit more sense at the top of the second round depending on who's there, and we'll talk about that in relation to one of the Draft Network mocks that we're going to get into. We're going to get started today with a couple of mock drafts over on thedraftnetwork.com. Go check for Mock Draft Monday. They'll get mock drafts up every Monday between now and the draft. The first we'll look at is Trevor Sikama's mock. He published the first Mock Draft Monday using the new trade functionality that comes with the Draft Network's subscription product. And did the Bengals trade back is the big question. There's not much suspense here. The Bengals did not trade back. And the analysis for selecting Joe Burrow at 1.1 in the draft for Trevor Sikama is one word. Yep. And that's probably where we stand right now, right? I, even in a trade scenario, we've already gone through this. It would take a massive load of picks to get us to move off the number one spot and not select Joe Burrow. So I'm with Trevor. Yep. Jason McIntyre over at FoxSports.com also did a mock draft, and he's got Joe Burrow, of course, at number one overall, as does pretty much every mock, I believe, at this point. And he says something to the effect of, it's fun to talk about somebody trading up for Joe Burrow on social media, but let's drop it. It's not going to happen. The Bengals aren't going to do it. But Joe Marino also posted a mock draft over on the Draft Network today, and he did two rounds. So we can skip over talking about Joe Burrow. Of course, he says Joe Burrow is a no-brainer pick. But in the second round, he comes back and gets Joe Burrow's teammate at LSU in Justin Jefferson. And we're going to talk about whether that makes sense to go wide receiver in the second round, specifically a guy who has been very prolific out of the slot. 
And that's the contention point, right? Because the Bengals' best receiver, or at least the most healthy and combination of best receiver, Tyler Boyd, plays most of his snaps in the slot. And, it, and I wouldn't say you can move him outside and get the same production. I think Tyler Boyd is far and away better in the slot than he is on the boundary. With Jefferson, although he played mostly in the slot, I still want to see how he tests because maybe if he's a 90 percentile athlete, I'll say, okay, he can do more on the boundary. But as of right now, I would label him as a slot receiver, and that kind of makes it weird to take him unless he's far and away the best player available and you think he is a special slot receiver. But that's a pretty rare thing anyway. And even if he is a special slot receiver, they have Tyler Boyd on this contract on the team. So it's hard to justify the idea of taking a second round pick on a guy if you know he's a slot guy. So if they're picking Justin Jefferson at the top of the second round, that means they must believe that he can play outside. And for that to happen, as you said, Joe, this means that he's probably tested maybe not 90th percentile, but pretty well at the NFL Combine. Joe Marino's evaluation of... Justin Jefferson on the Draft Network suggests he says he's a versatile receiver. He has the skills to win from the slot and outside at all levels on the field. He has great route running. He's obviously got good hands and ball skills, and I agree with all of that. But he does say that the worst trait is play speed, and his NFL comparison is Tyler Boyd. And Mm. so Tyler Boyd, yeah, he has played outside. He can win outside, but you don't want to build your offense around that. And in this draft, I would almost rather take a guy like Denzel Mims over Justin Jefferson at 33. And I don't think that Denzel Mims is as good of a player, but I think he's better outside. You have to find the correct fits. And part of the receiver discussion is what's going on with A.J. Green at that time. Is he not franchise tag? Do they not come to an agreement? Or if he is just franchise tag at that point. And then I thought Paul Denner Jr. had an interesting piece today at The Athletic when he posted some moves the Bengals should do in the offseason. One of them was trade John Ross. So is there a scenario where we're looking at it and it's only Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate that you really even feel are here for next year or maybe even 2021? That may move that wide receiver need into the immediate range. That might push them into exploring that need in free agency if they're that short at wide receiver, especially if they can't figure out the A.J. Green thing. I did my own mock on the Draft Network today, and I'll talk about my first three rounds, really the second two rounds, because Joe Burrow obviously goes first overall. And I take the falling linebacker at the top of the second round. Patrick Queen has picked up a lot of speed since Daniel Jeremiah's mock on NFL.com midway through the Senior Bowl. And now apparently the chatter is that he's looking like a first-round prospect come back in the third round and get the top lineman I can find, Natani Muti, who is a top 30 player on PFF's board. I think he's likely gone by this point, but if he's available, you've got to scoop him up. And that's hitting their two next major needs, right? Offensive line, linebacker, going LSU in round two seems to be a trend also. Could be the guard Damian Lewis too. So there's three LSU players they could target at 33. There's a lot of LSU talent in this draft and maybe they double dip. We have a lot of time to figure that out. We, however, are going to get into our own mock today. Joe, how many rounds do you want to do? We have a few more players that we know about at this point. I feel pretty comfortable going at least four. Do you want to touch five? I was going to say at least four also. Let's go crazy and let's say five. Let's expand it. Five rounds because the first pick, we're still not doing the non-Joe Burrow scenario. I don't know if we ever will because it might just be a waste of time. But depending on the way the news cycles go, well... Stay tuned. Maybe one day 
we'll have a mock draft Monday that's a little adventurous. It'll probably only be on the days when the Bengals bring Justin Herbert and Chase Young in for official visits. Yeah, then maybe we'll have to talk about that just for fun. We'll just right. we'll just play it out. If it's if it's Herbert, the draft plays out the same way because it's a quarterback. But if if it's Young, well, then we have to see how that would shake out and think hard about the second tier quarterbacks in this draft. But we'll do our own mock draft Monday in just a minute. Want to go see your Cincinnati Reds this spring during spring training? Well, Arizona is a great place to go. Not only see baseball, but to see everything else. And if you go down there and go down for the Cactus League, they've got. 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. Yeah, you can go down and see your Reds in Goodyear Park down there. Or maybe, we've talked about it before, you're into the craft beer. They've got Four Peaks, Angels Trumpet Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company, all known for great beer. Or maybe you're into hiking. Maybe you want to get out in the desert for the numerous national parks down there. Go up to the Grand Canyon. And if you do the canyon, make sure you bring enough water because it's the way back. Unlike most hikes, that's challenging. It's easy going down, hard coming up. Kind of the opposite of the Bengals. We had a hard time with this bad year and we're going to come up next year. So go on down to Arizona. Take yourself a little spring break. Plan your getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mock Draft Monday. After the Senior Bowl, so we're into it and it's going. And I don't even think we should talk about the first pick at all today. But we are on the draft network mock draft machine we don't have premium yet but uh hopefully soon i don't plan on trading today anyways if somehow we can figure out a way to get an extra third fourth rounder for andy dalton that would help eventually as we do these but we're gonna go five rounds or at least try to we'll see how far we go with prospects we know senior bowl helped out a lot i feel like my library went from maybe 15 to 20 players to 50 to 80 players that i'd be interested in jake you probably feel the same way but uh Click the button, draft Joe Burrow, and let's get this thing rolling and start getting our targets for rounds two, three, and four, and five. Yeah, we're sitting here now at the top of the second round, and at the very end of the first round, we see Patrick Queen go at 30, Kenneth Murray go at 28, Josh Jones go at 26. So quite a few targets that were guys that you know you might think of as fringe players. Lloyd Cushenberry even goes at 31, Mekhi Becton at 23 so so several players there that go toward the end of the first round and the cost for the Bengals to move up into that spot will be probably a fourth or fifth round pick depending on how far they have to go if they wanted somebody and decided they had to trade back in to the first round to try to get them yeah and looking at the board there's really you know you don't have the hindsight you don't know who are we going to be there as you know as the first guy goes whether that's um for you, if it's Kenneth Murray, you go, okay, well, we should get Queen. And then 
you know, one pick later, basically Patrick Queen goes. So, you know, you'd have to think very quickly. I think it'd be a fourth to make sure you grab that because if you're going to 27 to get ahead of the Ravens at 28 with the Seahawks at 27, they took Yatir Gross Matos, the defensive end from Penn State. Um, that's in premium position, an edge player. You're going to have to probably overpay just a little bit for them to drop out of the first round completely. Yeah, and you have to think that Baltimore is going to be targeting a defensive player if it's an edge rusher, if it's a linebacker. They could have gone Terrell Lewis from Alabama. Mm-hmm. They could have gone Julian Aquara from Notre Dame. They could have gone Curtis Weaver from Boise State, but instead in this mock, it's Kenneth Murray. So now we're sitting here, and according to the Draft Network, we need an offensive tackle. We need an inter- – I mean, all the positions, I think, are Ever. actually listed here. Yes, I'm they are. Read them all. <laughs> and looking at the board – the top of their board has three running backs, so we're not interested. We need some of these running backs, or one or two, to go in the first round. It would help out tremendously for pick number 33. Uh, but other than that, it's Terrell Lewis, who's an edge, you know, DN linebacker type. Uh, Neville Gilmore, who's an interior defensive lineman. And then a bunch of receivers, right? Jalen Rager, uh, K.J. Hamler. Who else we got there? Brandon Ayuk, Justin Jefferson. It's exactly why we keep ending up with Jefferson and the like in that spot because you you look at this and you say well yeah receiver probably is best player available of a need position yeah if you miss on the linebackers here I'm strongly considering the edge guys and Neville Gallimore here I think Gallimore could be a three-tech successor to Geno Atkins and at the top of the second round I think that that's solid value for a player of his caliber but if I'm looking at wide receiver I think that it's easily for me at least, Jalen Rager for just the immense toolkit that he brings to the table. I like, I want to say Alex Jackson, USC offensive tackle. I think we're going to see him linked to the Bengals much more often at 33. Austin Jackson, I'm sorry. And I, you know, I, I can see that coming up very often in terms of just because the way this board keeps falling, and I keep doing these every once in a while, every few days, you guys probably do them too, and you see, okay, we're in a situation of taking best player available or coming down maybe five slots and taking a tackle of need or a linebacker of need. This is a spot where if I'm the Bengals, I probably am trying to trade back because the guys at the top of the board that we expect to be going next, let's look at the predictive board here. You've got the three running backs, DeAndre Swift. No running backs go in the first round. So DeAndre Smith, Swift is there. Jonathan Taylor's there. J.K. Dobbins is there. So somebody wants a running back. Good place for that. We mentioned a few edge players. Aquara, Lewis, Weaver. Somebody can move up for them. Raekwon Davis, Neville, Neville Gallimore, the interior defensive lineman. If somebody wants a receiver, they could go up and get him here too. So this is a place where I'm pretty eager to trade back if I'm the Bengals, but we're not doing any trades today, so we have to make a choice here. One guy that seems to be firing up boards is Ross Blacklock, interior defensive lineman from TCU. Again, I think he can be a guy that uh, maybe plays a little five-tech, but also can be an interior pass rusher. And I liked him as a prospect. He had some impressive reps out of the senior bowl practice, but I think that it's just too early for me to feel comfortable pulling the trigger there. And so... Looking at the options, we've got some names that we've written down because Joe and I have been really stuck on figuring out what we want to do here. So we're going to go watch tape on a few of these guys and come back and maybe be a little bit more prepared if this is a decision that we have to make next time. But since we can't trade back, the biggest upside pick here in a class that's very good at this position is Jalen Rager 
And we're going to get Joe Burrow that outside weapon, the John Ross upside without some of the John Ross baggage. Yeah, and this was the situation, even though Rager right fast, good after the catch, he's got some drops, but um, he is probably a first-round pick in most years if it wasn't such a heavy wide receiver class. And that's the only reason we even debated the position is because we know we're going to get to round four and five, and the best player available, again, is going to be receiver, and we're going to have to debate this every round we get to. We wrote down four players, Neville Gallimore, Julian Aquara, Curtis Weaver, and Austin Jackson. Uh, the top defensive linemen and O-linemen on the board when we got there, what guys we're not comfortable with in our evaluations to pull the trigger on. So we are writing them down, and we're going to watch them and come back to you guys this week and have better ideas of how Jake and I feel about that. But the interesting part about 33 and picking there, and Jake said it, we wish we could trade back, and I think the Bengals would in that scenario, is there is a lot of guys we really like for round three. And you know why? It's because – of the senior bowl talent this year, I think was very heavy for middle round um, talent. And there's just maybe a little bit of that gap. If you're not looking at the right positions, 33 isn't going to be the best position. If if there's a run of linebacker right at the end of round one. And if some of these offensive linemen get drafted a little bit too high. Yeah. Like the Bengals need a running back and you're looking at a guy like JK Dobbs or Deandre Swift, who as a pure runner, you're, you're laughing. Then, then it's a little bit easier, right? All those guys, of course, go, pretty quickly deandre swift actually makes it all the way to 39 jonathan taylor 42 where's jk dobbins he's gone there too. He texans houston texans 57 that'd be a pretty good landing spot for him i think mm-hmm. that'd be a fun one but the way that things go looking at those edge guys yeah they got picked pretty quick but now we're on the clock at 65 and joshua uchi's there and bradley and i is there and Zach Bond is there. And Zach Bond apparently is, is talking about moving to strictly off-ball linebacker in the NFL. But the way the Bengals are playing, the amount of 5-2, of, of quote-unquote, or 3-4, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they're getting those extra bodies out there. And he could be an outside linebacker in that scheme. So could Joshua Uchi for sure. We want to see how he tests, but he looks like a really good athlete. Joe, what are the other names that stand out to you here at the top You know, 20 or so guys we're looking at? Yeah, Lucas Niang, right? I mean, if we want an offensive tackle from TCU, it's round three. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think the other one, obviously, is the guy we talked about all week last week is Ben Birch from St. John's. Uh, we're in round three, and we want you want a developmental prospect that looked the part and did what um, he had to do when Coach Turner was correcting him. I think that's somebody that it, that could definitely happen. But then we're going wide receiver. I mean, we're going offense three picks in a row. Can we justify that for a defense that really needs young talent? Yeah, and that's why I'm really leaning hard into Josh Uchi after the week he had at the Senior Bowl. The ability to drop into coverage was what was really impressive to me, and it just suggests that he is oozing with athleticism. He's a little bit undersized to be a full-time pass rusher, but if he can be a little bit of a – you don't see very many of these. A little bit of a, a Swiss Army knife between the first and second level of the defense. You see more of the, you know, the Derwin James, the Isaiah Simmons, the se- second and third level Swiss Army knives that can go anywhere that way. But there could be some value there of having a guy that's really flexible, especially as Matt Minnick pointed out, the way they started to get pretty uh, creative with deploying some of their defensive players. I think that Lou Anaruma would have a lot of fun with Uchi. And we got to look at it like Carl Lawson last year of his deal and Carlos Dunlap on the other end of 30. 
Um, they need pass rushers, and I think everyone could use pass rusher, but you're getting a guy that can also double maybe as equally, and he did in practices, at linebacker. So let's look at the true linebackers that are listed here before we go all in on Uchi because there's Malik Harrison here from Ohio State, Troy Dye from Oregon, who in a lot of scenarios I think makes sense at this spot, Evan Weaver from Cal, Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech, and Akeem Davis-Gaither. All of those guys, depending on who you ask, could make sense at the top of the third round. Yeah, and I think there's a difference of what kind of guys do you want. If you go and look at the edge page, obviously we're looking at Uchi and um, Zach Bond. Uh, I don't know if Jonathan Grenard is still there. I don't think he is. He was ranked a little bit higher. But do you want a guy that can help you as a little bit of a rusher? I think Bond is going to move as a li- as, as strictly a linebacker. I don't think he's a good enough rusher, whereas Uchi is a good enough rusher, but he has the athleticism to even be a better linebacker than Bond. And I think Uchi could just play linebacker and just help you in that way. There has been guys that have made that transition. Uh, and then on the other end, if you want a better cover guy, better I don't even want to say better athlete because it's difference between running forward with Uchi and maybe even running backwards with, you know, an Akeem Davis Gaither dropping into coverage, but Troy Dye and, and those guys, I, you know, that's kind of the dilemma here is do we take the better player that maybe we're not sure how he fits just yet, but we'll figure it out. Or do we take the guy that we say, okay, like a team Davis, Akeem Davis Gaither or Troy Dye, and you are the cover guy next to Jermaine Pratt. I, I, I almost, after you put it that way, I almost just want to take Troy Dye because I'm not sure how different the players are. There's a chance that Joshua Uchi explodes in the NFL. He's a little bit undersized to be a pass rusher, so he is that true tweener. He would have yeah. to be good in coverage to really be playing, you know, 70% plus of your snaps. Troy Dye, I feel pretty good about he's going to be a full-time player. There's a chance we Carl Lawson Uchi, right? And say, well, he's just really good at this, and we don't know how else to use him. So we're just going to stay on the senior bowl train here, I think. I think I've talked myself out of Josh Uchi, which is also a senior bowl player, but Akeem Davis-Gaither, PFF's 61st player on their big board as of January 22nd. He's probably moved a little bit because they just updated the big board for the senior bowl. But just to give you an idea of where they have him ranked, he met the test at the Senior Bowl as a small school player who came in and had a good week. He's got the athleticism. He should be an every-down player, right, Joe? Yeah, there's one cut up on YouTube. So type in Akeem Davis Gaither versus, and I'm trying to remember who it is against, but go watch it. Let us know what you guys think because he has a, a fantastic game. I mean, it's so good that you go, if this guy wasn't playing at Appalachian State, he's a first-round pick. So I think, you know, if you go watch that, you'll come away and say, great pick in round three for what the Bengals actually need at linebacker. So through three rounds, it's Joe Burrow in the first round, Jalen Ragor, his future deep threat in the second round, and Akeem Davis-Gaither, who we are penciling in as the full-time linebacker next to Jermaine Pratt, pending free agency, of course. We're hoping that there's some addition there as well. We have two more rounds to get through, though, and it has been some interesting debates and discussions so far. We have some guys to go look at. Let's get in to those last couple rounds next. If you've been a listener of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, you've heard the great advertisers like Abco Safety, Tourism Arizona, and the Epic Hotel down in Miami who have worked with us to reach Bengals fans. We are a great way for you to reach out and get in touch with local podcast listeners. Our local Locked On podcast listeners, predominantly a male audience, well-educated, and most importantly, they have disposable income money to spend. So if you want to connect 
with Bengals fans to come make some purchases from your local business. We have an opportunity right now for you. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So through three rounds, we have yet to address offensive line, but we've got much faster with our weapons at receiver, which I do think is an underrated need, and got much, much more athletic and faster. I think pairing Akeem Davis-Gaither with Jermaine Pratt, just really, I mean, look back just two years ago at that linebacker unit compared to this one, and the Bengals should be flying around back there. So as we go into round four now, the board still looks pretty decent. There's still some players available, and it's the pick number 97 overall for the Bengals. I think we want to attack offensive line as much as possible here, but I think the, the top of the board also is offering some interesting players. Yeah, the guy we just talked about a bunch, and I don't think he'll be here, but Josh Uchi still available in this particular mock draft simulation. The guy we talked about, again, another senior bowl guy, Ben Bartsch, the small mm-hmm. school St. John's guy. If he clears out uh, medically at the combine, I think that this would be an absolute slam dunk in the fourth round. But we have to find out what's going on with that leg. He did have an injury, and he did not play in the senior bowl, of course. Malik Harrison, the linebacker we talked about before. But what's interesting here that I want to point out is, yeah, we went Jalen Rager in the second round. And let's Mm -hmm. look at the receivers that are still available as options here, right? So we've got Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan. We've got Van Jefferson, who put on an absolute clinic as a route runner. Colin Mm -hmm. Johnson, who there's a lot of odd and take to his game, but really cleaned up, really cleaned up his route running and has shown the ability to separate a little bit better, I think, than he did when he was at Texas. He didn't really show out in the game, but had a very good week of practices. You get down on the list a little bit further. KJ Hill still there. Devin Duvernay still there. Antonio Gandy-Golden still there. So quite a few wide receivers that I would be very happy to pick here. But since we picked Rager earlier, we're not really looking at any of these guys at this point. And isn't that what we debated is we knew this would happen. We knew we'd get to the fourth round and there'd be a lot of really good receivers left. And and we'd have to almost fight ourselves to say, man, you know, I wish there was a better option there. Like if it was Patrick Queen sitting there at 33, just a couple picks later, this whole process changes differently. And that's the debate of, is it worthy of giving up that fourth round pick to go up and get a queen if you could at that spot? And I, I think it is just based on the way this fell out. But no one expected Carl Lawson to be there in round four. Uh, and I, I just mentioned Uchi as that Lawson and figuring out where he goes. And I want to be against it. At this point, he's clearly the best player on our board or our proverbial board. But then again, as I'm looking at Barch, I also think Barch would be an ideal developmental tackle 
behind Bobby Hart or, you know, you figure out where he's going to play and you give him time coming from a division three school and you give him a couple years. And next thing you know, he's your starting right tackle. If that's the case, then that's fine with me. And I think there's a bit of a fall off though, that we need to be wary of at offensive tackle. And, and that's, there's, there's Bartsch here. There's Jack Driscoll from Auburn who PFF likes. They've got him in the top 80 or so. There's Trey Adams from Washington who is a big medical question mark because if, if he clears out and if he can stay healthy in the NFL, he could be a plug and play. He could be really good, but there's a huge injury risk with, with Trey Adams and I've been avoiding him because of that right. injury risk. In the fourth yeah. round, that might become a little bit more tolerable, but since we haven't addressed offensive line anywhere else, I want a guy who, if I need him to go in, is, is going to be reliable. And I wouldn't be against doubling up at linebacker. I mean, Malik Harrison is still here. Thaddeus Moss at tight end. Obviously, we talked about Ben Barch, Clyde edwards alaire I'm not against him in the fourth round because I think he's fantastic. And Joshua, Joshua Uchi, obviously. This is when that extra Andy Dalton pick would really come in handy. I'd love to have two picks right here. Uh, this is the opposite of where we're sitting at, at 33, where we're like, ah, you know, we don't love the value. There wasn't a first-round grade guy that really fell into our lap here We've got a bunch of second and third round grade guys that we'd love to have. Yeah, and there's also Kyle Duggar, who we have That's should right. mention. Um, ben Jefferson, uh, when I went through the list of receivers, also there. And we're not looking at receiver, but if you were to tell me the Bengals were going to take Thaddeus Moss, Malik Harrison, Ben Barch, Uchi, or Clyde Edwards Alaire in the fourth round, I wouldn't be mad at any of those names. And right. it just comes down to picking one. I don't really know how you differentiate it. I think because of the way we've gone, we haven't addressed offensive line yet. We mm -hmm. did get a linebacker. That's leading me into Ben Barch. And this just assumes that Barch is healthy. On the other hand, Uchi's a guy that, again, gives you a little bit more first-year impact, in my opinion. He's got a little bit more splash to his game. So it is a very difficult choice. And, Joe, I'm putting you on the spot. Who are we taking? I know you are. You really are putting me on the spot because as I'm I'm sitting here, I'm thinking how much upgraded the tackle position would be from where we were at last year if Jonah Williams is healthy and you got Bobby Hart, Fred Johnson, and Ben Barch. I mean, that's so much better than trotting out the corpses of Andre Smith and uh, John Jerry again. So um, I, I want to go Ben Barch and just fix this offensive line. You, when you draft Joe Burrow, you're committing to wanting to put up 35 points a game, and I think that's where we're at. And we'll go Ben Barch here. We'll just cut the tension, and we'll see. Maybe maybe one of these guys will continue to fall. There goes Uchi. He's gone. Van Jefferson gone. Everybody we were looking at very quickly scooped up. And we'll just that's, see who's available to us here in the fifth round. That's definitely that uh, that pick then. of that. That's the Dalton pick, man. Let us get another fourth rounder at least. Here's the thing, though, right? If you're talking about trading back up into the bottom of the first round to go get your linebacker of choice, right. say you go get Patrick Queen, then you lose that fourth-round pick. Well, then at least you would have the one. But if they don't trade up, having two fourth-rounders or even another third-rounder in this draft, the way it's falling pretty consistently when we do these mocks, and we'll have to see how it works in real life in April, but it's going to feel nice to have those extra picks. That's the argument for trading back from 33 also. If you get an extra late third or a fourth, and now you're also trading Dalton, then you're ending up with a, a you know a handful of picks in that range because there was a handful of players we liked there. Say we come away with Uchi and Barch and Harrison. Well, geez, I mean, let's do that. 
That would be a lot of fun, and I look forward to getting the ability to do trades to try to pull off that kind of haul. But here, sitting in the fifth round, I just want to highlight the depth of this receiver class because still we have a couple guys that, in some cases, were up and down at the Senior Bowl, but Courtney Davis still available, along with K.J. Hill, who I know all you Ohio State fans would love, Devin Duvernay from Texas, the speedy slot guy i think is is where he's likely to end up and antonio gandy golden from liberty if they wanted to stay on the small school train but the player that stands out to me the most joe is a guy again who excelled at the senior bowl and that is jason strobridge the defensive tackle from north carolina who is just wreaking havoc in one-on-ones yeah and when i watched it i put him on my list of watch list for guys i want to go watch Right away, that's saying watch way too many times. But point being is, during practice, man, he kept grabbing my attention. When I put on the film and I focused on him, it was even more obvious. I'm watching the senior bowl practices and just little plays. Like it's a pitch to the right and he's got to take on Josh Jones in practice. And he grabs Jones by the back of the helmet and throws him down and just runs 100 miles an hour. And he's nowhere near the guy. And, like, that's just – as he's running past me on a drill, he's grunting and, and making these noises as he's giving it everything he has. Uh, he played D-end. He played D-tackle. He played some nose-tackle. He gave everyone fits on the inside almost because he just plays with more energy and power and leverage than anybody else out there. Uh, I'm for it. I think, at the very least, he's a five-tech and as they play more 3-4 defense. Because last year, you think about it – Part of the issue stopping the run is you had Billings and Atkins as your five techs, no length there. Typically, you, you like those guys six five and plus in order to two gap and, and keep their vision up. It's one of the big reasons the Bengals struggle that in the run game. You get a Strobridge, he he at least plays that, and I think he can help you as an interior pass rusher if that's spelling Atkins a little bit, maybe eventually replacing him. And I think you're very happy with the value in the fifth oh, yeah. round. Some of the other guys that are still available on the board here, Trey Adams, a tackle from Washington. This is a point where I think you get very comfortable with the injury risk. So a lot of the draft generally, you try to find the best players, of course, but a lot of this is also you're you're drafting with risk mitigation and risk math in your head. And at this point, Trey Adams' risk becomes pretty acceptable. The other guy that I wanted to just call out here, another senior bowl standout, Adam Troutman, the Dayton tight end still available and depending on how the draft goes like if the Bengals had a couple extra picks and were able to address just a couple more positions if they sign a free agent uh corner or or maybe they sign a free agent lineman at that point you feel like Adam Troutman is a pretty attractive value in the fifth round and I don't think he will be there in the second round. round yeah nah, he's going he's going round two he's going to test very well he ran routes like a receiver um he was ext- he was one of the best players out there so for us i think the pick in this mock draft is going to be jason strobridge i think he brings a lot of things to the table they've got an yeah. aging geno atkins out there they don't know if andrew billings will even be back so with those things in mind maybe the future for the next couple of years anyway with geno atkins out there Renell wren jason strobridge and that rounds out our five round mock draft joe let's do a quick recap for the good people listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. We go Joe Burrow in the first round. Our savior. Jalen Rager in the second round. Speed to replace Ross. And we think Ross will be around this year, but that's just one year. Right, exactly. And anything could happen after that. Akeem Davis-Gaither from Appalachian State, sorry, in the third round. Athleticism. He kind of reminds me of Darius Leonard. And wouldn't we love 
Darius Leonard, all of our own. Ben Barch in the fourth round. And this is where we looked and saw there there were probably five players we would have been happy with. Yeah, for sure. That We could have went with anyone here. Uh, but Barch, developmental tackle to eventually replace Bobby Hart. And then finally wrapping up our fifth round, Jason Strobridge. And how many senior bowl players did we get? Three. Mm. And look at yeah. the three that we got the last three rounds we did, really expanding our horizons here, Joe. That's why we can go five rounds because of that. And then the combine is only three weeks away. Then we'll, that'll expand us another 50 or so players. We'll be ready to go all seven rounds very soon. Yeah, we'll have our athleticism numbers. We'll have more film under our belts. We have four players to talk about. We'll get back to those guys tomorrow. Until then, Bengals fans, that's going to do it for this Locked on Bengals podcast. Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.